Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Backline with Mama and Papa. My name is Papa, author of the cool improv book, Improvising Now, a Practical Guide to Mama's Improv. And I am Mama, and I'm an alumnus of the Second City Main Stage and member of Mumtown, the improv Mummernet. So, just fun because it's Halloween, you know? It is Halloween. We're recording on Halloween night. So spooky. I'm in my Papa costume. You're in your Mama costume. <laughs> We're doing a podcast together about improv. So cool. All the lights are turned off, so when kids come for candy, they think I'm not home, but I am. I, uh, when kids come to my door for candy, they say trick or treat and I give them an offer and if they accept it, then I give them candy. Gosh. <laughs> Are you, do you ever, do you ever record an improv podcast and you think to yourself, oh, I'm so nerdy. I can't get any nerdier. And then you just say stuff like that. I'm just like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? I bet there's one improviser out there out of our hundreds of listeners who just had a big smirk while they're riding on the bus. And that's who I did it for. Fair enough. Also, thousands of listeners. What are Ooh. you doing? We have we have more than that. Yeah, but like... The Only ones... 100 listening right at this very moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, Adam, um, yes, we are having a lovely festive evening recording a podcast in the middle of all hallows eve Mm -hmm. and one thing i love about halloween it's a night full of costumes and monsters and becoming something you're not so i thought we might play the role of dr frankenstein and see how to bring some characters to life adam collie just a very base existential question yo a character what's a character if i walk on stage am i a character if you walk on stage, I mean, if you walk into any house, people are like, Rob's such a character. No, but dad. If, if you, uh, if you, Rob, walk out onto stage um, in an improv show, that alone is not a character. That well, is what why... we call neutral. But why not? Well, because, I mean, there's lots of different reasons. But for me, anyway, your thought process is the exact same as when you are off stage. So you walking on neutral you are going to behave very similarly to the way you behave off stage and so therefore you are not a character so you're saying almost by definition a character is someone who behaves in a way that is different or more nuanced than the way you behave in your everyday life yeah i'd say so and you're also suggesting that it's about behavior not about an accent or like a funny way of walking sorry a character is um 99% 99% behavior, 1% <laughs> Scottish accent. Yes. Tell that to Mike Myers. <laughs> oh my God. Sizzle on a Torontonian. Burn. Huge burn. Take that Second City alumni, Mike Myers. I know he's listening right now and he's like, oh, I'm so upset. Why did that Canadian stab me in the back? 
but I don't think he's been back to Canada in probably 50 years, so I don't really care. Do you know um, that um, Mike Myers has a street in Toronto named after him? No way. Yeah. Hmm. That's all. Interesting. <laughs> Does it just go to the number 18 and then the rest of the street continues in America? Wow. That's such a specific burn <laughs> to Mike Myers. <laughs> I don't know why we're burning on Mike Myers. He's great. Yeah, sometimes. Anyways, so we're talking about characters here, um, and we were just imagining, okay, let's say that you are in a class and you're struggling playing characters. You just don't get it. You're really verbally funny. You're a good actor. But when it comes to playing different people, it makes you feel really weird and really uncomfortable. Um, I know you have some techniques. I know that I have some techniques. Um, Adam, do you want to get started? Is, what would you suggest to someone who's struggling playing a character? Well, I mean, first of all, I want to say that I've been there. I th we've talked about this before in the podcast, but um, characters for me were a very difficult thing. Still difficult for you. <laughs> uh, I did not like the idea. Uh, like for me, when I was coming up, a character seemed like it had to be a million things at once. It had to be, like, funny hair, a different costume, oh, a gosh. big hunchback, and a funny accent. And it yeah. seemed like, wow, I've got to be, like, incredibly nuanced with all of these specific choices that are running around in my head the entire time. And it scared me. And not only that, but I didn't like the idea of looking dumb, of playing a dumb, goofy character, uh, which in my head is all characters were, were big, dumb, goofy nerds. And that was very difficult for me. So I relied solely on my brain and my wit to try and get me through scenes. And it was very limiting. So um, hopefully if you're out there listening to this and that's kind of where you're at, know that that's a wall that you can break down. Um, it just takes a little bit of adolescent growing pains to get through. And you never got through that, but you saw other people do that. And <laughs> exactly. how, do they, how do they do that, Adam? Well, I think slowly, right? I think it's dipping your toe in the water. And understanding that a character doesn't have to be a cannonball into the lake. Uh, you can simply dip your toe in, and then as you get comfortable with that, go a little deeper. And so for me, it was starting solely with emotions. And um, I think going into a scene previously, I had thought, well, my emotions are going to vary throughout this four minutes. I'm going to start probably neutral. Then I'm going to see someone and get angry at them. And then I'm going to get happy with them. And then I'm going to get sad with them because that's a good scene. Um, so I think uh, starting with an emotional choice off the top and having that uh, affect my character, in air quotes, um, was a great way to be initiated into the world of characters and improv. I mean, when you think about what a person is, though, they're, they're really just a, a cluster of compulsions. You know, there are things that people do again and again and again and that's their defining features so when we were on tour recently you you were really into describing me as a person i guess that's what happens when you're sick of someone what, on stage no just like in real life you were like you you really fixate on this thing that like i never am excited about anything correct but i'm also i never complain about anything is correct. that right did i yeah. describe that correctly yes absolutely so I'm never like, oh my gosh, the Eiffel Tower. But I'm also like never a drag either. I'm just like, like if, if I was like, oh my god, can we please go to the Eiffel Tower? You'd be like, okay. No, I'd be like, okay. But like I wouldn't be like, 
oh, the Eiffel Tower, we have to go. And then, like, I'm mad if we can't go. Like, everything seems to be fine for me. Like, I'm just, I'm just happy. Yes, which, well, I wouldn't say happy. You're, you're neutral. Okay, well, do you know what happiness is, Adam? Because happiness is different than pleasure. Happiness is, that by definition, you're okay with the thing that you're in. You're comfortable. Isn't that, isn't that you, contentment? No, like, happiness is, like, the thing that's happening now, you would be um, okay with it continuing forever. That's happiness. Wow. So if you, like, wake up and you're covered in blankets, that's happiness. The fact Pleasure. that you are giving, like, a textbook definition of happiness, I think, is exactly my point. <laughs> Anyways, my my point with this oh, originally sorry. is this idea of, like, oh, like, I'm a pretty neutral guy. Like, yeah. I'm not – I don't have huge mood swings. Uh, I'm just I'm just pleasant. I'm just <laughs> pleased by the thing that I'm in. I'm pleasant and I'm pleased. That's sure. how I would describe myself. Sure. So that's, like, a – that's a funny – character trait about me like it's, it's something that's always going to be true it's never going to change i mean there are moments that that that's not true and you've probably experienced those moments mm -hmm. but those are the outlier moments that's not the core base reality of who i am the base reality of who i am is the same same energy again and again and again for my non-improv friends my energy is very clear and annoying where it's like hey what do you want to do this thing i yes of course i want to do that thing let's go do it and it's like, oh, it's very summer campy. It's very improv-y, I think my personality might be, um, to my non-improv friends. That's something that's not going to go away. That's just like part of who I am now. It's in my DNA. So those are key components about a character. And it, it might seem like that's two-dimensional. Oh, like Rob is like an improviser, so he's always like super positive and says yes to things. Yeah, but it's also true. It's also reality. That's how people work, you know? Um angry people who have anger problems are usually angry yeah and that's that's okay they don't need to be sad and happy and run all of the emotions all at once and paint the painting with all of the colors you start with one color and then maybe you add a couple dashes of something different right and, and i know that seems fairly rudimentary and, and basic but for me that took a long time to figure out like it did feel like when i'd see excellent um character improvisers I would be intimidated by thinking they're doing this this uh, wide range of, of thoughts and choices. Um, and it felt like, why even bother going down that road? It didn't seem like it could be as simple as you're describing. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I think it's about dressing up the simplicity. It's not about starting with something very complex. For sure. So, yeah, I, I, you know, if you watch someone... How would I describe it? Your problem when you were watching people who were advanced character uh, actors when you were just starting out was you were trying to replicate the product of what they were doing versus the process of what they were doing. Absolutely. I, I guarantee when they were on stage, they weren't thinking like, oh, well, I have to have these many emotions and I have to say this and I have to show it in this way and I have to have this accent. My body has to move this way. No, they're just enjoying the moment of being somebody different than themselves and letting that guide them into that next thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's say you want to get better at characters. What's an activity that you could do either with your class or with your troop or by yourself? Well, uh, I want to kind of steal uh, something that I learned from another Toronto improviser via um, Saskatchewan, uh, Tatiana Maslany. Oh, yes. From uh, Orphan Black. If you don't know the show... Um, uh, Tatiana, who is also an improviser, has to play many different um, uh, 
clones of herself that grew up in different parts of the world and have very different um, emotional capacities, uh, wants and needs, and she would have to play multiples of them in a single episode. And what she said really helped her was music. Mm -hmm. And putting on, um, if you want to play kind of um, a more aggressive, angry character, then put on an angry, aggressive music. You put on your Slipknot, and you just kind of allow that to move your body. And for her, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but the allowing her body to instinctually move to the music allowed for emotional choices to start to come out and a point of view about the world. And if you see, you know, um, when I was coming up, teens or whatever in high school who listen to that kind of music Wait, they were sorry, what why are you watching all these teens when i was in high school oh you, you were in high school when you are a teenager it's okay to observe other teenagers okay 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 just checking uh they're much more closed off and typically uh you know reserved and kind of shoulders hunched in and that makes you feel uh less open makes you feel probably um a little more shy and so having um having music influence physicality and the physicality is going to influence your point of view on the world so that's a that's a great trick you can do by yourself yeah absolutely i mean when we were on um, second city we were writing a lot of shows and if we had a spare night and we were doing an improv set we would do that as a format so we'd get um uh lee cohen or matt reed who was who was on um the, the keys, uh, Jay McCarroll was also on the keys. They would they would play music, and that would inspire the next scene that we would do. And it was great because it put you in places that you wouldn't normally go to. So that's definitely an option for you. Music to inspire what you're doing, maybe even using it to inspire a whole format. Give you a lot a of variety. Absolutely. Another option you could think about is a hot 30. Did you Have you heard this term before, hot 30? You mentioned it before, and it's it might be one of those things where – uh, I know it by a different name, but as of now, I have no idea what you're talking so about. So the west coast of Canada, um, all of those improv cities, they're very well known for narrative improv as well as improvised soap operas. And so I think a lot of um, this terminology was stolen from up there and then brought to Toronto for things like Sin City um, and other great uh, soap operas that happen here in Toronto. But the Hot 30 is basically this. You walk around the room, um, moving different parts of your body, leading with different parts. You find a part that you really like. You emphasize that. That that movement becomes kind of a walk. And then as you are walking, an instructor will tell you to sit down in a chair, and you're going to say four things. When your butt hits the chair, no pre-planning, you're going to say, hi, my name is, what I love is, what I hate is, and what I want is. And then you're going to get up and you're going to leave. Once you have those four things then you have a guide to what kind of person you are. So if you know what you love, great, it gives you something active to play. If you have something that you hate, um, it gets, gives you an emotional reaction. If you have something you want, then you have an, an, an objective. And not every single scene you're gonna be playing all three of those different vibes. You'll probably pick and choose, but at least you know who your character is. So a hot 30, a guided hot 30 is a great way for new improvisers to try and explore characters a little bit. Um, and once you have that character down, you can always return to those ideas again and again and again. That's a great thing, um, especially for uh, <clears throat> getting it in your head that when you're on stage and you snap into something at the beginning of a scene, it's a good thing to just start looking for. I'm like making those snap decisions of what do I hate? What do I love? What do I want? 
um, and getting those over with. Because when you kind of find yourself asking yourself those questions in the middle of scenes, that's when the judgment starts to kick in. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, I don't know if that's right, or ooh, is that the best choice? But making like getting into the habit of making those snap choices off the top is great. Absolutely. Um, do you have any other things that you might do to help inspire a character? Yeah, something that I find with you know newer students or um, students specifically who might be you know in an advanced level or have been doing it for a while, but like me, didn't love or didn't feel confident rocking characters. Um, I think it's uh, it's basically impersonations, and I'm not Ooh. talking about celebrities or people that um, you are trying to replicate on stage. But it's basically stealing from your own family. And for me, I can think about a Thanksgiving table with my family and think about all my aunts and uncles, and I would know exactly how they would feel about any topic you gave me. Because I've just grown up with them. I know them so well that I know how they move, I know what they would laugh at, and going back to your Hot 30, I know what their name is. Uh, I know what they love, what they hate, and what they want. And if I were to ask a student um, to physicalize your uncle, I'm sure they could do it. And if I asked, hey, how does your uncle feel about Trump? They would know. How does your uncle feel about sports? They would know. So it's a, it's a great way to immerse yourself in a character, feel what it's like to walk around the stage in a character, be in a scene as a character, um, and kind of a, a game genie cheat code way into um, being uh, playing with a fully realized character that you've stolen from real life. Yeah, and I mean, you also get into this other great spot. You open a whole new door, which is satire. The minute you choose someone at your office that you fucking hate, who you find annoying, and you're playing that person, and you're embodying the things that you hate about them, it's a different way of looking at characters that frees you in a completely different way. You know, a lot of people struggle with the idea of playing characters who are morally um, either on par or superior to who they are as people. Mm. And that's not funny. I mean, it is funny sometimes to see those people kind of suffer a little bit. But what we really want to see is we want to see your slugs. We want to see your weird, gross monsters. These twisted people who have like most of the most of the recipe for being a good human being. But they also have flaws. And those flaws are accented. And there's something that you can see and they're familiar and recognizable um so yes playing someone that you know that you're doing an impression of almost a caricature of is a great way for you to explore characters who are different than you yeah totally and i I know we we like joke about how accents are not characters but we don't say that just as you know uh, high and mighty improvisers we say that because really it's not going to help you much we we talked a bit about um, you know, dynamic and behavior. And we in previous episodes, we've talked about getting a relationship from the crowd or labeling your relationship. And Rob, if you and I are in a scene and someone says, you're brothers, that really doesn't tell us anything. A lot of beginner mm-hmm. improvisers may try and do a stereotype of what brothers may be on TV or something, but there's a million different relationships for brothers. So just like doing a Scottish accent, it literally tells you nothing about this character other than they are from Scotland. 
So you're still going to have to do all of this work uh, to make it an authentic character because having a Scottish accent doesn't inform anything about how your character should behave in the scene. Just that you're going to struggle to do this accent and hopefully that's going to get you a laugh. So believe me when I say uh, accents aren't going to carry you through a scene. Um, having a point of view on even one topic and then gossiping about your character is something I like to do is you think, oh, this character loves sports. You know what? If they love sports, you know what else they probably love? It's fucking light beer. Oh, yeah. And you know what else? If they like those two things, you know what else they fucking love? Is like um, working on their working on their Harley. Oh, yeah. You know what else they probably... And then just gossip and make yourself a, uh, uh, a character that knows themselves inside and out by just gossiping from one to the next of who this person is. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the things that an accent might give you is a perspective. Uh, so, for example, if you're playing a British person, it may give you a perspective on tea. It may give you a perspective on the queen. So that, that might be your way into a character, but the accent isn't the important part. It's the perspective that matters. And um, just a lovely reminder, if you are going to do an accent of a place, do it to the best of your ability. And if you're unsure, don't do that accent. <laughs> if it's a <laughs> European country, you're probably okay. But another country, maybe take a second uh, second thought about it. Just think about it. Just think, should I do that accent? Is that an appropriate accent for me to be doing? Um, yes, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, basically when it comes down to it, a character, you just need one thing. You just need one thing to start this journey. You know, the UCB mantra, if this is true, then what else is true, is great. But it's not about what else is true. The first step is, this is true. So you have an emotion, great. You're angry guy awesome if you're angry well you know what what is the thing that makes you the angriest what's the only thing that gives you a break from your anger those are great questions to ask but like i'm angry guy also i'm the president also i'm divorced also my kids are named ben also i went to a catholic school also uh sometimes i'm nice on sundays i'm nice also i'm wearing velour also, I have a South Africans, uh, South Africans accent. It's not necessary. You don't need all of those things. <laughs> Start with anger, and the rest is going to fall into place. You could also, instead of anger, think about object work. Object work is another way to do this thing. So, you know, like, uh, you know, you're a yo-yo guy. You're a guy who's trying to impress everyone with your yo-yo. Great. That's a great place to start. And then if that's true, what else is true? What kind of clothes does Yo-Yo guy wear? Um, what are his friends like? Uh, what does he want out of life? What does he believe the Yo-Yo means? Those are all great ways to kind of start at a, a base and then embellish from there. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, Adam, any other final thoughts about bringing characters to life? Uh, yeah, I mean, something that's, again, just I'm thinking back to my own lessons is just like a scene and when you're worried about uh, what is the story of the scene, the story is going to be complete when the lights come down. So the story is only something you can worry about after the scene is over and you can talk about, oh my God, what was that scene about? It's the same with a character. 
when you start a scene, you're not responsible for knowing how your character is going to behave in every single possible interaction with other characters on stage. That's going to happen at the end. So understand that at the beginning of your scene, this new character that you're creating on the spot is still growing, and that's okay. And you might make the most clear perfect choices for this character or this character just like every human may have outbursts they may be flawed and that's okay don't feel like in the first 10 seconds you have to be completely rock solid in every choice the characters are going to be fluid and at the end of the scene you can look back and be like oh what a weird character i played yeah absolutely and um you know once you have that base reality of you know who this person is then you can kind of do whatever you want. You can take a break from that energy and do something else instead. It will all still kind of fit. Because if you get stuck, you always go back to that base reality. And I think that's something that we forget. We think it has to be everything all at once and really it has to be one thing. And then once you have that one thing, you can take some space around that thing. Totally. And I mean, if you are in a workshop scenario, I think uh, in improv, we're probably not going to be using a lot of costumes. But in a workshop scenario, if you are with people who are having trouble getting into this vibe, tossing on an item, a weird hat, some glasses, playing around with what that makes you feel like, going through all these steps, and then simply removing them and retaining some of that information is a great way for people who are probably you know, a little shy, maybe a little nervous about looking dumb, but people come out of their shell when they feel like they're a little protected with a costume let them feel comfortable with the costume on, and then before they get on stage, take it off. Absolutely. Adam, what's the thing that you're thinking about on stage or off stage that is inspiring you? I'll so, tell you mine. Okay. Well, we just got these brand new headphones from Studio Sweden. What a treat to hear your beautiful maple syrup over sandpaper type voice in my ears in high fidelity it's a great time. I'm loving it. These are wireless headphones. What a treat. And as I continually mention, because it's so true, uh, they uh, are like kind of noise canceling, but also they're like earmuffs. So if you're in a colder climate and you still want to rock some headphones and like for me, my hair is uh, very temperamental. So if I wear a toque and I'm going somewhere where I need nice hair, I can't do it. So having uh, headphones as earmuffs, super primo. <laughs> but, incredible, incredible salesmanship. <laughs> hey, I'm not even selling. I'm just letting you know this is actually how I think. Uh, but this might be helpful for you, Rob. I don't know what? how you are with learning lines. Uh -huh. I'm absolutely terrible. Okay. Um, so what I do, and I did this back when I was understudying at Second City, um, I would record the lines and then put it on my iPod and just listen to it again and again. That's Smart. a much easier way for me to remember lines. So uh, there's this app called Line, Line Learner. Mm -hmm. And you input all of the lines into this app. And then you can have all these options like listen to the full scene, listen to only your lines, listen to only the other characters' lines. And it really helps uh, when you're working on like a multi-person scene uh, getting the lines down. So you don't need, if you don't have uh, someone to run lines with, it's just a great secondary option. So if you don't have friends, this is a good app. Yeah. If you are a, like um, an Irish Canadian guy who wears um, earmuff headphones and mm -hmm. doesn't have anyone to run lines with for his community theater projects, 
uh, it works for you. Uh, you know how I memorize lines? No. Read them. Wow. Read them once, and then you're good. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm surprised I don't see you on TV more. Yeah, people aren't really into that. Because <laughs> here's my big thing. What I will do is, uh, this was happening again and again. I would go and I would memorize lines ahead of time. Then time would pass. I would go pick it up, pick up the script again. And I knew all the lines, but I started to second guess the lines. Ugh. And then I couldn't remember where I was. And I was so self-critical of everything that by the time I got to my audition or the shoot, I would have a real tough time with the lines. When I was working on Sunnyside, because there was no time to really like, really like invest in the lines, mm -hmm. I would memorize them the night before, go to sleep. Then I would memorize them once again in my trailer. And then I would go to set. And it was the perfect amount of knowing the lines, but just letting whatever came out of your mouth come out of your mouth. Does that make sense? Totally. I mean, it's like, it's, the, yeah, it's that, it's, you want that perfect part where it's like, it's not too rehearsed. It's not under rehearsed. It just feels like enough that you're still discovering with it. And it's not like you're reciting a textbook. Totally. And, you know, I think being on, uh, being on set, uh, with other actors who are, um, you know, acting the scene with you makes it so much easier. Uh, but having the line learner for straight up auditions where you're often, you don't know who you're going to get as a reader. Um, and for some reason I just can't memorize, uh, but listen to it, it helps. So, uh, get on that. Get on that. Get on it, oh. Robbie. Um, so who are you going as, um, for your next improv show? Cause I'd, I'd love for you to go out as someone. Uh, I'm going to go out as a good improviser. Whoa, that's a change. Nice. I'm try something different, yeah. My mirror staring back at me. I couldn't get any bigger with anyone else beside me. And now it's clear as it's promised that we're making two reflections into one. Because it's like you're my mirror. My mirror staring back at me. Staring back at me. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.